You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. Hello, beautiful friends. We're back. We're back again. <laughs> Switch our rules up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Feels good to be back podcasting, everybody. Hello. Welcome to either week two or three. <laughs> <laughs> If you tuned in last week, you're, you're aware of the situation that we are shooting for um, recording three episodes in one day, in one sitting here in Port The Pet same Cambodia. room, full of sweat. Oh, yeah. And hot. And like a, it's like a sauna almost. Yeah. Kind of like. I think today's like cool. Some What's today? I think in Cambodia, it's a cool like 90 degrees right now. That's a nice Cambodia yeah. day. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, wait. wait no, the- it's better. It's a nice, cool 86 degrees. Heck, yeah. The best part about Cambodia, though, and compared to other parts in Asia, is at least where we are right now, it's dry heat. So you're not mm-hmm. just constantly drenched in sweat. It's like, you walk outside, the sun's hot, but the shade's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the really nice part about dry heat. Yeah, and like, before Derry got here a couple of days ago, um, the week before, it was like 100 degrees two days in a row, and, and throughout the the business hours, we have to be in pants and dress shirts, or like nice teaching attire because we're English teachers. Right. And so it's like 100 degrees and we're in like pants and button ups. And so like when it's 86, I'm like, bro, it feels so nice out here. <laughs> like it's hotter in this room than it is outside. Like I walked outside and thought, wow, it's kind of cool out here. Yeah, it's nice outside. It's right 86. Now, 86 so, is nice. I'm so it's upset. It's nice. I'm so upset because I'm from Michigan. 86 is like one of the hottest days of the summer for us. Yeah. And then I'm like thinking, I could have a jacket on right now. I walked outside this morning and I honestly had that thought. Like, it was 86. It was like, 79 this morning, bro. It was under 80. I know. But I still walked out, and I was in the sun. I was like, I go for a nice jacket right now. Yeah. I feel good. I need a button-up. Like, yeah. Where's my pla- Where's my flannel? Yeah. It's nice. Oh Anyways. My goodness. Let's get to today's freaking topic. Let's do it. It's going to be great. So today, me and Ethan are going to have a little discussion about can you become a Christian, or can you go to heaven if you've never heard the gospel before? Or right? the name of Jesus. Or the name of Jesus. So, to sort of define our terms, the episode's called, What If You've Never Heard? Right? Yeah. And so, we're talking about someone, say in the scenario of someone who's in a tribe in Brazil, right? Yeah. They've, in, our, in the Amazon, they've never heard the gospel. No, they've never seen a white person, they've never seen like anybody else but their own people, right? They've just, like... All they know is their tradition. They live in seclusion, right? Yeah, all they believe is whatever their tribe believes. Maybe they believe nothing. Maybe they believe in whatever they believe, right? Yeah. So the point is, can someone like that, like, go to heaven? Can someone like that believe in God, find out about him, um, and be saved, right? Yeah. Can they? Yes. How? You, listener, go become a missionary. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay, show over. (laughs) Yeah. That's why we're missionaries. Three minutes and 14 seconds. (laughs) Anyways, what do you think, Ethan Peterson, about this topic? All right. I know we haven't, by the way, people, we haven't like talked a lot about what our different views are, so this could be an interesting one. Yeah, Darian and I might actually disagree. Like we have well, before. Very rarely. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is always a fun question, because when you're evangelizing, you'll come across this conversation, this question, either people are genuinely concerned and they care about them, or they're trying to back you in a corner and trap you in evangelism. Yeah. Either way, you should know what you believe. Um, I personally believe it is possible 
for someone to come to the knowledge of God as creator and glorify him in a way that is acceptable to him mm-hmm. where he will allow them to come to the he- to cut to the heaven to mm-hmm. heaven even if they don't hear the specific name Jesus mm-hmm. and I think I have a pretty good reason as to why yeah do you want me to get into that before I let you share or do you want to share and then we can go back with our evidence I just based on what you said so far um, I would say in in statement, I agree that it is possible, because God can do anything, that someone who has never heard can become a Christian. Yeah. But that is as far as that would go. Okay. And we can talk a lot about what that means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, well, anything is possible, right, but I think, as I understand the nature and character of God, and as I believe I have... I don't have a bunch of scripture to back it up because I don't think scripture talk. Scripture doesn't talk a lot about it, but I think I can make a case as to why and justify my stance. Yeah. So you want me to go first? Should I justify my stance now, or should I let you say your piece and then I'll justify my stance and you can justify your stance? Yeah. I mean, I uh, I can talk about like exclusivism and, and exclusivism and stuff like that, or you give can some go. backstory to it. Yeah. Yeah. Go give us some backstory, and I'll get to more. Oh yeah. Um. I less have, like, backstory and more have, like, a defining of terms, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in, in a theological right. sense, if you were to go to seminary or something, you wouldn't hear someone say, oh, you might, in telling a story. But usually the title of the seminar wouldn't be, like, has, has someone ever heard, like, can they go to heaven? It would probably be, like, the exclusionist view versus the inclusivist view, right? So inclusivism would be that, yes, someone can base their faith just like Abraham did, right? Just like the forefathers, before they knew the gospel, before they had the Bible, before any of this had happened, right? Abraham came to a saving knowledge of the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Through his faith, right? And this faith was credited to him as righteousness. And we, if you're a Christian, you believe that you're saved by faith, yeah. right? Your faith is the thing that uh, brings you salvation, right? Absolutely. I mean, 100. I guess people could argue the... Uh, the minute, the minute details of what that means. Like some people might think it's like partially through works, but I would say that's, not, like, that's not the so gospel. Not work and you don't have faith. I yeah. get that part. I'm kind of a fan of it, but I also yeah. understand better. Absolutely. Your faith um, should be shown by your works, right? But purely faith is the thing that brings salvation, right? And so this inclusivist view, like an including view, would be that we're saved by faith, right? And so... If we're saved by faith, and if Abraham was saved that way, um, without knowing the gospel, without any of those things, then so could a man be saved in the jungle somewhere if he has faith in the Lord, right? Yeah. And that I guess that would come from God revealing himself to them through a dream. Um, there's a few different ways I think that it could happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have a couple of scriptures here to, to talk about it. But an inclusivist would say, they would say this, there's... Some could argue four, but I would say three ways that God reveals himself to the world, right? Okay. Um, the fourth one I'm not including is Jesus Christ revealing the Father. Um, these three are that God has revealed himself um, through nature, right? Yeah. In Romans one twenty, it says that God Ooh. has revealed himself through nature. Um, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says that God has revealed it in people's hearts. Yeah, right? so eternity and heart yep. yep, exactly. And we can see so many other scriptures where it says that... Um, his law is written on our hearts, right? Mm-hmm. We have um, a conscience, and that conscience has put morality in our hearts. We can numb that conscience, of course. Um, Bible says that we can. It's also Romans one says we can numb it. Yeah, it's all over Romans. We could just read Romans one. Just read Romans and <laughs> and go through all of this. Um, but 
so we can see through nature, through the moral law in people's hearts, and the third one is through the Bible, right? Um, obviously, a man in Brazil um, in the Amazon wouldn't have the Bible, or else he would have heard. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, but the first two apply to him, yeah. right? So, if by this Bible's definition, right, of Ecclesiastes and in Romans, that um, we can know God through nature and through things He's created through us, morality. right? Yeah, morality uh, as being the second one. Um, that he's written on our hearts. Those are two ways that we can come to know God, right? And so the question is, like, is that enough to save someone, right? Um, and so I would say, jumping into this a little more, um, the Bible in Romans 1 also, 18, right before 20, yep. says that um, the people rejected the truth, right? So mm -hmm. they've heard it. They've had all these things revealed to them, but... They reject it, right? They choose not to obey it. Um, over and over and over throughout the Bible, it says. Does that actually contextually talk about the Jews? Uh, yeah, he's talking about the Pharisees and stuff like that at that point. But he's yeah. also trying to talk about how, like, um, it's revealed to everybody, not just the Jews, right? right. Like the law and nature yeah, wasn't just given to the Jews. Like, talked to, it was given to everybody. Yeah. Like for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteous Unrighteousness suppress, suppress the, truth. the truth. Yeah, absolutely. For what can be known about God is plain to them and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, I would say, like, how I would read that is... Because I think I'm more of an inclusionist. Is, like... Mm -hmm. If... <clears throat> I think it is enough. I think it's, like, if you have... If you look at nature... Like, mm -hmm. like I'll just read it for you because I read the first one. Heck um, yeah. It says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Absolutely. So that right there, so it's like his divine nature and um, mm -hmm. so it's like his eternal power and divine nature are the yeah. two big ones that are like, mm -hmm. you have no excuse to not know of. Yeah. And so I think if you, if someone recognized that right there in the middle of the jungle mm -hmm. and they're like in Brazil and they're like, oh my gosh, like, something's bigger than me. Yeah. To do all this. Yeah. And then because of that morality that's written on the heart, if they're able to follow that morality mm -hmm. in the mindset of I'm trying to like, please whatever's out there because yeah. I think that it's drawing me, I believe that that would be enough for God to save them. And I think God is loving enough. Like in, in Second Peter, he says he does he wishes that none would suffer, but all of them mm -hmm. would come to repentance. And so because of that, it's like God is. God sees the start from the finish. He knows this person's never going to be able to see them. Mm -hmm. He's put things in nature in place so no, everyone's without excuse. And if they follow that out to the end mm -hmm. of their conviction, I think they come to find God, whether they know him mm -hmm. as Jesus or something else, however they know in this culture. Yeah. And God can show them up in a vision or an angel, however he wants to do that. But even if he doesn't, if they follow that morality and that mm -hmm. logical thinking, I think, and it's like a faith-based thing, I think God is gracious enough to allow them into heaven. Yeah. Um... I totally understand that point of view, um, but I think it's key to listen to the end of that Romans verse that you read, where it just says that they're without excuse. Like, it says that all things are revealed to them, um, but they know the truth, right? They're not trying to suppress it, but um, they're now without excuse, right? It's been completely revealed to them. They have no excuse now for their sins, right? I don't think it's saying, like, and God will save them if they, like, believe in this kind of thing, right? And if, because the truth has been revealed to them, like, they can believe it in faith, and now they get salvation. I just don't see that in that verse. It just seems more of, like, an accountability. Now that they have this, like, now that it's been revealed to them, now you have no excuse, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, 
to go. I would say I'm more of an exclusive, an, uh, an exclusivist. Um, but I, I totally understand where you're saying where you're coming from with like the nature of God seems to be much more like grace, yeah, right, and the loving kindness, and that like He wouldn't send someone like that to hell, right? And I would definitely agree that doesn't seem to be the character of God throughout Scripture when you read it. Um, but I think there's a lot of problems in just thinking that like faith can save you. Um, without hearing the word of God, right? And I know that's Abraham's example, and that's why I would say that it can happen, right? right? So so you can have that kind of a thing. I don't think it happens a lot, though. Um, my, like, my main thing that I'm pulling out from is Romans 10, 14 uh, through 17, and let me read it. And it says, How can, uh, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard we've all heard this, these verses I think and how can they hear without someone preaching to them and how can anyone preach unless they've been sent as is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news be a missionary <laughs> but not all the Israelites accepted the good news um, for Isaiah says Lord who has believed our message Consequently, faith comes through hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ, right? And so it seems like, at least in most of Romans, uh, even 1 and 10, um, that he's saying you have to hear the word of Christ in order to believe, right? Yeah. Um, just through that verse, it would, it would be saying the only way to be saved, right, is to call on the name of Jesus through faith, right? It even says, like, no one is, no one is uh, or they've heard your message, right, they haven't believed. Right, yeah. and so if the only way is to be saved is to call the name of the Lord, and the only way to call the name of the Lord is to believe the gospel, if you've never heard the gospel or if no one's told it to you, it seems to me like no one can be saved unless they've heard that gospel. Um, also, in like in John fourteen six, it says no one has come to the Father except through me, right? Yeah. Except through Christ. Yeah. Um, so, well, you finished. I want to post the situation too. Yeah. Um, Acts 4.12 also says that by no other name are we saved. And when you look at the verse specifically, he's not just saying it as like Christ is the only one who saves us. He's giving Christ a specific identity, right? He's saying the name of Christ is the only thing we're saved by. I don't think it's only just like the person, but it's that the name of Christ specifically is the only thing that we're saved by, right? The name and what he's done. Um, right. Yeah, what's your situation? So there's... Um have you heard of the book called Bruchko? Oh. So this missionary, uh, I think he's from Minnesota. He's a linguist. Mm -hmm. He felt like God told him to go to, I think, Colombia and Venezuela. I think Columbia. they border each other. Yeah. Um, and he, they, he was, they, God told him to go there. So he ended up going there to this tribe, but then the, the locals are like, don't go there, they'll kill you. Yeah, for sure. And he's like, well, I'm going to go because God told me to. Yeah. And he went, and they shot him in the leg with an arrow and took him prisoner. Got him. And so... But he's a linguist, so he eventually, like, became... While well, he was a prisoner, uh, uh, someone was sick, had, huh. like, a uh, pink eye, and he had some medicine on him. He had it, like, just in his back. Yeah. And so he gave this person's medicine, yeah, and I love healed story. the pink guy, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> like, he just healed us, so he's actually a good guy. Yeah. And so then he became friends with some people, and, like, through being a linguist and his, mm -hmm. and his study, and, and, and that, like, I think it's honestly a gift to be a linguist, like, to understand languages like that. That's insane. Absolutely. Um, he learned the language. But in conversation with... One of the people that he, one of the locals was telling him this prophecy that they have. They're mm -hmm. like, 
They're like, oh, we have this story in our, in our culture where we were on good terms with our God, mm -hmm. and then we rebelled against the God, we started a war against him, and now he's mad at us. Yeah. And we've been trying to make him happy for, like, generations, mm -hmm. but the prophecy says that he won't be happy with us until this person, this outsider with yellow hair is going to come and have a and have mm -hmm. God in a banana stalk. Well, and so then this guy takes his Bible and rolls it up to make it look like a banana stalk and says, this is God, this is the banana stalk. And, like, upon hearing that, that guy got saved and that local sang a song, like, made a worship song in mm -hmm. a way and, and at, or one of the celebrations that they have in their culture sang the song and 95% of that people group got saved. That's awesome. And, like, but, so, like, in that... So before he showed up, do you think those people who heard that prophecy of this white man with yellow hair coming yeah, yeah. and having God, do you think if they like believe that they're like okay, well then I'll be good with God and I'm just going to try to do my best until then? Yeah. Do you think that that's the same thing with Abraham where he looked ahead to the promise? Um, I would say it's not my job to judge because I'm not God. I would say possibly. Um, but let me pose this scenario to you, right? Um, not scenario, it's scripture, but. <laughs> In Acts 11, in Acts 11, 14, is the story or scenario of, oh of Cornelius, right? And Cornelius is this devout and God-fearing Gentile, right? So, mm -hmm. not a Jew, he's a Gentile, um, and he's devout and God-fearing, right? But he's not saved, right? Yeah. So he reads the scriptures, he fears God, which I wish more Christians would do, and, like, all these things, right? He's obviously, like, he loves the Lord, right? But the Bible says he's not saved. Um, God sends um, like a messenger to him, right? To give him the gospel so he can be saved. He says that the message that he's going to give you is one that will bring salvation, mm -hmm. right? And so he's already, uh, already God-fearing and he's already devout and he already obviously has faith, but he needs to hear this message still in order to be saved even though he's already devout and God-fearing, mm -hmm. right? So I think it's, in, in my view, through what I see in scripture, Absolutely, God's character is one of love, like we already talked about, one of grace, understanding. He's a just and fair God, right? I don't think God's just, like, throwing people out in the wilderness somewhere and be like, bummer for you, you can never be saved, right? Yeah. Well, unless you're Calvinist, then. Yeah, well, yeah unless you're Calvinist. <laughs> you, can make, you can make an argument that God is doing that, and he just knows that those people would never have chosen him if so put in any other situation, situation, so he puts them in that situation, right? You could argue that. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily think that, but I, th I see the argument. You could... I see how they could make it like that. Yeah. You're like God's like I know they would never say, be saved in any given situation. I'll just throw them in the woods. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't be confident in yeah. using it as like a firm argument. Yeah. So if anybody would ever come to me and say, "Can someone be saved if they've never heard the gospel?" I would say no. But I also I I say that because people's motivation in asking that question a lot of time is like, even if it's just subconsciously, is am I held responsible to sharing the gospel? Yeah. Right? Because if someone can hear about God um, or even be saved without hearing about God, sorry, if they don't need to hear the gospel um, to be saved, then it's like the the weight is off of their shoulders. Yeah, and the idea is like, well, right? why would you tell me? Like, I've had people say that before in evangelism. like, And they ask that question and they've been told like, well, I'm not responsible unless I know, so why did you tell me? Right. Why did you just make me responsible? Right. And it's like, no, scripture says you're without excuse. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why I would say that. Like, I, I definitely think someone can be saved um, through God revealing himself to them in the wilderness somewhere. God can do whatever he wants. And if God can do whatever he wants, 
right? Then he can save someone that's in the wilderness like that, and it's not a big problem for him. But what I see through scripture isn't necessarily like explicitly giving that excuse. From most of the scriptures in Romans that I read, it's that you absolutely need to hear the word of God and know the gospel of Jesus Christ to be saved. Um, and Cornelius would be, I think, a really good example of that, in my opinion. So, like, my overall view is that both are possible, but I hold to the exclusionist view because that's what I would tell someone, and that's what I lean on, like, 99.99% yeah, of the time. Yeah, with Cornelius, he's devout and God-fearing, God sent an angel to him. And then that angel also spoke to Peter, and then Peter went and spoke. Yes. Right? But so he still like, had a human being, like, relay the gospel to him. Yeah, and there could be ways that like God could reveal an angel to someone and say, "Hey, absolutely," and He has. We've, yeah. we've heard tons of testimonies yeah, that yeah. happening. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like, I I think yeah, with the nature and character of God that I know and I see, I think God can like like is gracious enough to see someone in that situation that genuinely wants to follow Him. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't have a, he knows the heart, right? Yeah, doesn't have the ability to know Scripture or get Scripture, and still would like almost dismiss in a way or yeah. understand but I still think that's not God's main objective and God would much rather a missionary come and preach the gospel and them believe absolutely that's the command he's given us yeah. I think even just that command that he's given us shows more of an exclusionist view of like we have to go it's like yeah. literally our only job yeah, and here it's on like, earth it's like not like God's not doing it despite our efforts of doing it. It's like we're doing it, but we're not actually. We're, we're trying, but it's like right. Oh, but God's like okay. Well, no, God's doing it in spite of our efforts. Where it's like God's like, I'm doing this because you guys aren't in yeah. a way. Yeah. And it's like He shouldn't have to. Like that might that sounds like kind of strong, but it's mm. like we should be motivated and going out to do that. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. I was a little bit strong on that was a statement of like God's doing it in spite of our works, but it's like we need to. Make sure we're actually getting out to the unreached and preaching mm-hmm. the gospel. I'm like, yeah, like there's a lot of pressure, and, and but that's not a reason to be, like be sad about. It. I was like, oh, I'm never gonna do enough, so I'm not gonna do anything. But yeah, we just gotta like still go and preach the gospel. It's God's main mode of yeah saving people. Yeah, I would say the main argument most people would make, uh, or not even argument, like something someone would say against what I believe in being an exclusionist, um, is like how. And it's very, like, an emotional appeal. Yeah. How, it, could, how could... Not how could I, but, like, how could God just let innocent people never be able to give it a chance ah, to go to heaven, right? supposition. Yeah, and there you, you've made <laughs> two, two grievous mistakes, right? One is that you think that God's not giving someone a chance because through the Romans 1 verse we read, everybody has no, yeah, knows the truth, everyone's right? Everyone's without excuse. Yeah, and the second one is that you think anybody's innocent, yeah. right? Absolutely so everybody say, is How could you say innocent. they're innocent? Right. It's like how could you, how could you say God would damn innocent people? Well, how could you say they're innocent? Right? You don't. They're not. Yeah. God is just, and if He decides that that they have sinned, and He yeah. has decided, even just in their sin nature. Yeah. Like it's not it, like God doesn't have to save us. Right. That's a, like, that's a big. That's a big. That's the big, big grace. Thing. Yeah. That's like that's that's what great is. He yeah. doesn't have to save us, or maybe it's mercy, but yeah. Or He doesn't. He should punish us. Punish us. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. Mercy. Yeah. He doesn't have to save us. Yeah. He did. Not getting what we deserve, getting something we don't deserve. Yeah, right? and it's the, like... The difference in both of those. That's the idea, right? Like, I love it. Who, like, he's going to kill innocent people. Who? Show me he, one. He did one time. Yeah. On the cross 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And he, killed, what? he killed that guy. And, but, like, and actually, he didn't... We did. Yeah. We killed him. And God turned his back on the, on the innocent person. Right. For us. And now... Right. No one's innocent, but we have... We get to be innocent in Christ. And that's, like, that's yeah. why it's good news. And that should motivate you to share. Because it's, like... 
oh my gosh, wait, you mean my, my friends are not innocent? Yeah. And they need to know? Yes, go yeah. tell them. I totally understand that emotional appeal, though. Like, you feel like there's an injustice being done. But when we realize the Bible says that, like, literally everything we do is dirt, and that we were, we are, or we were enemies of God, if you don't believe in God, you are yeah. an enemy of God, then... Like, it makes total sense. He doesn't owe you anything. Right. Right? He doesn't owe anybody a chance to go to heaven. And that's, like, what the, where people have that, that idea, like, well, God oh, God has to save us. And that, well, no. He, do, he, do, he, doesn't. he doesn't have to do that. I just think he does. Yeah. Like, I don't think God has to save anyone in the jungle. No. And if he just left them to their, their devices, that would be just. Yeah. But he's also, he is just, but he's also good and loving. Yeah. And so because of his love and his mercy, he's like, I care about these people so much, even though I... Like it's okay if I don't. I'm still gonna love them. Yeah. And so, yeah. I don't think that, I don't know if Christians will ever come to a solid answer on it. Like this is it's been a debate for probably decades, if not centuries, of like, mm-hmm. well, how about this? How about this? How about this? And it's like, I don't see Christians ever coming to a place where you can prove either side 100% yeah. biblically. Absolutely. And say like, yeah, like you can't because yeah. it's like it's not a job to judge. Yeah. Yeah. Those people. Like we're gonna get to heaven and be like, hey, how do you get there? And God's yeah. gonna be like, uh, I. Yeah, I did that actually. I saw him. Yeah, just like I saved everybody. That I, yeah. I did that too. How did you get here, Ethan? <laughs> uh, oh, oh right, right, right. You saved me. Yeah, right, right. Thanks. Dad. I remember. I, it's not my job. <laughs> I forgot I did. Right, you're the savior. Yeah. You. Oh yeah. Oh right. I get. It. I get. It. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's so important to remember, like that. People don't deserve it, right? And that it absolutely is urgent for us to go tell people, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. I'm not just like a missionary because like it's fun. And like, I, oftentimes it's it's fun, but oftentimes it's, it's hard. Like, it's and hard. It, it's hot, you yeah. know, and like all those kinds of things. Um, it is it is a lot of fun. A lot we of out here in, in Cambodia with Corona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like it's it's because there's an absolute need, and that I can affect eternity right by like the words I say and the people I go talk to. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I want my brothers and sisters because of how much I love them and the, the love Christ has put in me to know the gospel of Jesus Christ, yeah. right? And to know that word that is um, what they're saved by, right? Is how they come to faith in God. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. my passion about it. And it's been, like, really interesting being out in, uh, in Cambodia. It's a very Buddhist nation, although it's not, like, it's more animistic. Yeah. You can't tell them that they'll go mad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you don't believe in the religion. You're, Wait, you're, you're not playing. Buddhist. No, I am. I'm Cambodian Buddhist. No. You're praying to your, your grandma. That's not Buddhist. Yeah. But anyways, I don't want to be disrespectful. But like you see these beautiful temples. Like I went to Angkor Wat and you just see these like beautiful, beautiful Gorgeous. temples and, and like architecture. And it just like breaks my heart because I'm like there's so much detail and care and like time put in this. Right. And people are kneeling in front of these statues to pray and it's all for nothing. Yeah. Exactly. And it like, it like searching hurts for something. me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. like you want to follow Jesus, but you aren't and you don't. Yeah. And, you have the knowledge to know because I just told you about him. Yeah. Like, oh man, I have like, it's so, it's, it's like a, it just breaks my heart because like, and that gets into like Buddhist culture or like, or Cambodian cultures. They're, they're very much like, uh, this is my identity. This is my family. I, I can't like, yeah. to not be Buddhist is to reject my family. I've talked to like, there's Christians that I know where their families have like disowned them because they follow Jesus. Absolutely. And like, like in tears like sharing but they're not in tears because they miss a family they're in tears because God's given them yep. a, a family here yep. I mean, these are people that like eat lunch with every day and it's just like, they're yeah. like yeah and it's like man like if you people if these people only could like separate that idea yeah. but that's not about like exclusionism or inclusivism, inclusivism. inclusivism yeah it's hard to say but yeah 
Yeah. Was there any other thoughts you have on the topic before we close? Um, yeah. Don't be a reason that God has to, like, supernaturally save people without the word. Yes, please. Go be a reason that someone hears through you. Yeah. Go to the unreached. Yeah. Just like God used uh, through that angel and also through Paul to heal or to uh, to save Cornelius. Peter. Like he, Peter, sorry, duh. Uh, he also wants to use you, Axe. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he also wants to use you, just like he used that person, right? And so be the mouthpiece of God, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's it. That's all we got today. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. If you disagree with us, please uh, hit us up. Honestly, I love this topic. I love talking about it. It's such a like complex and difficult one to go through, especially with all the scriptures. Um, please, if you if you found any other verses or if you have any other opinions or any other views besides uh, these ones, please hit us up. I'd love to hear. Yeah. So that's Instagram things you don't hear in church pod. Yep. It's our picture. Yeah. If you love social media marketing. If you want to help us, we need a marketer. Help us. (laughs) That's all. Besides that, we love you guys. Alright, bye guys.